Britain's Conversation. This is a podcast from LBC. James O'Brien. Do not adjust your sets or, or rearrange your day. It is Friday. We're doing Mystery Hour 24 hours later than usual because of the, uh, well, the audacity, frankly, of the Bank of England to announce their interest rates at 12 noon on a, on a Thursday. Um, if you don't know what this is, if you're relatively new to the programme, and a surprisingly large number of people are uh, at this point in its, in its history, then you're in for a bit of a treat, although it is fundamentally and profoundly different from what unfolds on this programme and, indeed, this radio station for the other... Uh, well, 24 times 7 minus 1 hours of the week. Uh, this isn't news-based or current affairs-driven or even particularly opinionated. It's a weekly celebration of illumination. If you already know what I'm talking about and you're thinking, crikey, I didn't know that he did it on Friday this week and I, I never normally can get through. Now's your chance. Seriously, get ahead of the crowd. You've got a question that you've always wanted to ask and you don't need to wait for an explanation of what Mystery Hour is. The number remains the same. Three four five six zero six zero nine seven three. For those of us who do need a little reminder, so I wasn't here last week, was I? So it didn't didn't um, it's two weeks nearly where we, we would have missed out on if we hadn't rescheduled it this week. It is an attempt to share our share to share our accrued knowledge with each other. That makes it sound a lot more serious than it usually turns out to be, but it, it began. Um, I'd love to pretend it began as an adventure in, in battling the instant gratification of search engines and something like that. It began because on Thursdays, when elections happen, we have to do stuff that involves not mentioning the election in any way, shape or form. Uh, the only occasion I've fallen foul of Ofcom's very fair and generous rules is, is when I managed to break that little rule about not mentioning elections on election days. So on Thursdays, it was a desperate, really, attempt to find things we could do that wouldn't run the risk of falling into that trap. Uh, and, 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 and it grew from that into a celebration of education because I suddenly realised, especially watching the kids do their homework, there's nothing wrong with Googling everything. I, I, absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. Like the, the, the world is changing. I, I had a bit of a heated debate on holiday last week on Half Term with some other parents about um, whether or not they should be taking their smartphones into their exams because why do you need to know stuff? in the same way that you needed to know it when it wasn't just a finger-click away. So th these are ongoing conversations. But I, I think everybody will always recognise the value of knowledge, stuff that you've got stored away. For me, one of the most beautiful abilities is the ability to make a, 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 an, an appropriate quote from poetry or something like that. Not, not in a kind of pompous way, but just in a way that sometimes the great poets through the ages have managed to encapsulate a thought or a feeling in words in a way that the rest of us can't do. That's why they're the great poets, whether it's Philip Larkin describing the transactional differences between different generations or, 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 or John Keats yearning for a life of sensation rather than of thought. I think that was in a letter rather than a poem. But you know, you take my point. Or it's, it's actual proper knowledge stuff, like science. Stuff that you know. And you can show off today. Or it might be really, really silly stuff. Because the two guarantees that I usually make during Mystery Hour are that you will know more by one o'clock than you do now. Not necessarily knowledge you'll be grateful for or find any use for in the coming days or even be able to remember by quarter past one. But that's the pledge. The pledge is that by one o'clock you'll know more than you do now. And I've never had to provide any refunds on this one yet. You will laugh out loud at least once between now and one o'clock. Or at least you'll come jolly close. Uh, how does it work? You ring in with a question. Why do we do this? What's that? Where does that come from? Who? Why? What? Where? When? Whither? Whence? Even the occasional wherefore. Somebody else rings in with the answer. 
and you're not allowed to look anything up. That's where the celebration of knowledge comes in, because you know the answer to that. And we've had some magical moments. We really have had some magical moments. Even a month ago, someone rang in to ask a question about irons and why they don't have off switches. And, a, and an actual, I think the nation's leading iron designer happened to be listening up in Stockport and got on the phone straight away. If that happens, you run a very real risk of receiving the most glittering accolade anywhere in British radio. Actually, I'd say in English language radio across the globe, a Ray Liotta award from James O'Brien during Mystery Hour on LBC is about as good as it gets. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you better hope that somebody listening today will turn out to be almost unbelievably well qualified to answer one of the questions that gets posed by somebody else. For example, if we got a question about space and Buzz Aldrin rang in, that would be a, Rus- a-, a Ray Liotta moment. It's not all about irons. Uh, 11 minutes after 12 is the time. There's one phone line free, so if you want to grab that for your question, you can. 03456060973. And is that it? Yeah, no, no dullness, no repetition. So Jacob and Beth will be very politely uh, encouraging you to hang up and move along if your question is deemed to be too dull for inclusion. Uh, and similarly, repetition. But um, the, the, we've got staff turnover now, so I'm the by far the longest-serving member of this team, and frankly, my short-term memory shot to pieces. So I'll do my best to remember. You can go to the archive at lbc.co.uk and have a little look at um, what has and has not unfolded here before. But generally speaking, it's all a bit of fun. Samik is in Gerard's Cross. Question or answer, Samik? question obviously James. C- carry on obviously Samik. <laughs> why is it when you dream you dream within the last five minutes of your sleep and then you wake up is that the only time you dream i, I believe so because every time i dream and um, i'm halfway into my dream the alarm goes off but that's just the dream you can remember you can't remember all the other dreams that you've had before the alarm went off i think there's only one dream you have per night oh do be quiet <laughs> i had a several last night i can remember specifics oh. Lucky you, James. But uh, yeah, but you could have said, so, "But what if you woke up four times during?" Anyway, you don't know what kind of dreams they were. You weirdo. What if you woke up four times during the night, and each time you thought you'd had a dream before? That'd be four different dreams. Nah, but I mean, my, from personal experience, I've always dreamed like within the last five minutes before I've woken up, and it's so annoying because I'm having such a good dream, and sometimes it's a bad uh, dream. Uh, okay, so like, so you yeah, there might be an evolutionary reason to do with sleep cycles, why the stage of our sleep cycle closest to waking up a comp- but I don't know that the premises of your question are correct. That's the problem. So, it, well, I, I don't know that it's true to say that we only dream just before we wake up. So the premise behind your question may prove to be false, but that's part of the question. So if it is, someone will point it out to you. So what was the dream about this morning that it was rudely interrupted? <laughs> I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, right, of course, yeah. <laughs> 13 minutes after 12 is the time. Is that true? Dreams can come true? Why, why do we, why do, don't you shake your head when he's asking the question, telling me that you don't think the question was any good? Oh, I see, they're blaming each other now. It's unbelievable, the younger generation. David is in Ballam. David, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Go on, then. Uh, green tea, question, really. What? Um, I love my green tea. Me too. My other half drinks black tea. Oh. And when we make it, uh, the green tea seems to evaporate much faster than the black tea. Shut up. Seriously. Yeah, so you put your teas next to each other and measure the evaporation rates? Well, I, it was one of those things I noticed. I thought, she had a sip of my tea. And there you go. So I watched it. And yeah. It so you think green tea evaporates quicker than black tea? Does she put milk in her black tea? No, she doesn't. So you've got black tea and green tea, because I drink mine, believe it or not, I've got one in my hand now, I drink my green tea out of a glass of uh, pint pot. Oh, do you? Yeah, I buy posh stuff from from the 
the Algerian coffee store on Old Compton Street. It's about £1.80 a pop. It's the stuff that they use in the tea ceremonies, but I put it in a glass tankard and, and fill it up throughout the show. So I've got green tea going on. Every single time you've heard my voice over the last five years, I've had green tea right next to me. But I've never really worried about the evaporation rate. Well, well, that, well that size mug is a bit greedy, really, isn't it? No, it isn't. Think about what you pay for a Starbucks. Oh, I, I have three or four pints of green tea every day. It's why I'm a picture of health. I know. So I'm going to have a sip now. I've got. I've got an urge. I could never go back to black tea. Nor could I. Oh, that's good. It gives you slow release energy levels as well. I don't know whether that's a good question or a rubbish question. I'm in too good a mood to suggest that it's a rubbish question. Uh, what green tea? What was the first one? What are we talking about? Dreams and tea. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Is it? Is there likely to be a chemical explanation or a physical explanation for um, the belief that green tea evaporates faster than black tea and? Why do we dream just before we wake up? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Two phone lines free on this. If you can answer any of those questions, grab one of them now. If you've got a question of your own, you know what to do. It's twelve fifteen. James O'Brien, ten till one weekdays on LBC. It is 19 minutes after 12. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where we are 24 hours later than usual doing Mystery Hour. If you know what that means, then contain your excitement. If you don't know what that means, then, well, just stay tuned. You're going for a, a largely pleasant surprise. Two questions that currently need answers. I'm going to mix it up a little bit as well, because it's Friday. I'm going I'm to allow text and tweet combinations and, and contributions um, in attempts to move towards an answer, especially when the answers are a bit weird, like the claim by... Was it Dave who claimed that his green tea evaporated quicker than his wife's black tea? David, um, I could call him Dave. We're old mates. Incorrigible FCA suggests that he probably pours the t- water into his tea first. So he pours his tea first and then pours his wife's tea so that the green tea would be... Um, hotter and therefore evaporate a little bit more although steve who quite appropriately for this part of the program tweets under the name i need the facts steve has written that um how long would they watch the tea for seriously how long would you watch it for to establish that one liquid was evaporating faster than another liquid and it's only going to be evaporating for a relatively small window of time isn't it I'm not sure this question should have got through, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ease some relatively new members of staff into the into the production team in and as a trauma-free and uh, and un, uh, excited, unexcitable way as possible. So I'm just going to very politely suggest I'm not sure that question should have got through. As for the one about dreams, that was just rubbish. Robert's in the city of London. Robert, question or answer? It's the question, James. Press, um, pressure's on, Robert. Well, I hope it's better than the last one. Yeah, me um, too. It's a good one. I think it's uh, a good one. Yeah, well. um, it's mainly mainly from our kids, and particularly our eight-year-old, who is super observant. Oh, yes. In the back of the car, she's been seeing small yellow signs on buildings. And we thought she... Well, yeah, I was sort of slightly dismissive of her, and she made me stop the car, and sure enough, we looked up at the building, and it's got a small sign on it, which is about the size of a 50-pence piece, probably about an inch square with a target on it. A target? And we've got a, a target. It looks like a small, around. round, well, it's, it's a circle with a cross in it, with sort of like crosshairs. Okay, and, and what colour is it? Yellow. You said that. And and it's on all buildings, it's on lots and lots of buildings? No, not all buildings. I mean, we drive on, regular drive we do, every Saturday we take them ice skating. Oh, and lovely. they spot more and more of these things, so sort of every, on every road there might be one. But, um, is it, but it's always on a building, it's not on the ground, it's not on the road itself. It's always on the side of a building, and it's normally at sort of the top of ground floor level, 
bottom of first floor level. I thought it might be sort of an electrical sign or something like that to do with telecoms. Oh, I, li- I like this. I, I, have, I, I, I worry I that it's... Cheating. Go on. I have tried cheating. Yes. I have Googled it, and there's nothing on Google at all. Oh. Um, so for someone in the industry will know. I, uh, the problem with this question, I normally have a rule, but seeing as we're doing things a little bit differently today, I, I, I'm not going uh, to impose it. There has to be a question to which, I mean, the one rule of Miss that I forgot to share this morning is that it, you can't ask a question if you think you're going to be the only person that's interested in the answer. Yeah, but then I've got two kids. <laughs> yeah, I, well, obviously, I also well, include your family, you and your two children. Further yeah. to grandparents. And yeah. to oh, okay. Yeah, all right then. I'll see what the thing is. Can you send me a picture? I don't. I can't quite picture it. Have you taken a picture of one? I haven't. um, Okay. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Bad news first. Bad news first. I don't think you've raised the quality of questions on this week's mystery. Sorry about that. That's all right. That's all right. No, that's fine. The good news is I'm going to leave it on the board and see if anybody listening has understood what you said. Well, it's not for you, mate. It's for the kids. Yeah, the kids will be delighted. Yeah, it's for the children. You've got to do it for the kids. 23 minutes after 12 is the time. Dreams, studs, and green tea. It's my weekend. Mandy's in Watford. Mandy, what would you like to say? Question or answer? Uh, It's a question. Yes. Um, I just want to know, when you talk about, we talk about size of ladies' clothing, Hmm. so a size 12, size 14, what does that number represent? 12 what? 14 what? Bags of sugar, isn't it? So <laughs> twelve. So the scale of, of 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 women's clothing is different in other countries as well, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Yes, it is. And we've gone down to zero now, which obviously is very bizarre for an normal woman. Is that a real thing? Size size zero. It's not just a figure of speech I that journalists believe, use. I do believe it is from, for uh, some models. For absurdly yeah. slim people. Okay, I yeah, like that. Yeah. How, how do they how do they measure? But I mean, what is the the metric by which dress sizes are established? Oh three four five six oh six oh. Nine seven three is the number to call. I'm not taking answers. I'm taking possibilities and theories. Theories, theories, maybe from Twitter, but I'm not going to take many. Okay, oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is a number to call. There's, there's a, a interesting response here as well um, from Richard, who's a journalist and, and clearly listening to this instead of cracking on with whatever he's on deadline for. Black tea should evaporate faster than green tea because black tea should be made with boiling water. Green tea at about eighty five degrees. But well, they're obviously not doing that. Hendrik is in Portsmouth. Hendrik, question or answer? Hi there. Um, I would just want to know a question. Um, (laughs) Why is it that we have the hot on the left and the cold on the right when it comes to taps, basins and everything? Why is it always that way around? Well, if if, if it was left to the, you know, if it was different, then you wouldn't know which was which, would you? Well, it's just a case of, you know, I've been a plumber now for four years, but every ma- every manufacturer, everything, every tap is always the case of, you always put the hot on the left, cold on the right. I just want to know why is it... B- b- it because, b- because it had to be one or the other, and it, then it has to be consistent. Otherwise, you know, taps get old and you can't see the H and the C on it, or the red and the blue. So you just, so, the, so obviously back in the day, the convention was established that we'll always put hot on the right. Yeah, but, or, or, or the left, that, that, the left. That, but that's the thing. It's just I want to know what British, sta- you know, what standards? What do we go for? I'd say, well, is, okay, it's in the water regs, now. mate. You're the plumber. It's in your regulations, isn't it? Yeah, but why is it that? Why? So that you people know, don't it's... burn themselves, <laughs> isn't it? No. Yeah, well, I suppose so. But what do you mean you suppose so? If you've got two taps and every time you have to toss a coin and just hope that you get the cold one when you want the cold one and the hot one when you want the hot one, you're going to be getting third-degree burns about six times a week. 
Well, I'll tell you what, it depends on which uh, house you go to. They're not always the right way around either. But that's just, you know, what, that, like I say, it's just something I've been wondering for a while, you know. Why so, so, w- w- so when did water regulation start, is what you're asking me? Basically, yeah, when did we start standardising that we right. need to do things this way and not the other way? Do they do it differently in other countries? I think they might. That's confusing. Be uh, careful. May- maybe in Australia. Maybe, silly. <laughs> And then the plug will go the other way as well when it's going down. I like that. Okay, you're on. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Why do we dream just before we wake up? Um, and if you want to explode the premise that that question's built on, and I can still cross it off the list, even though it wouldn't constitute a proper answer. Does David's green tea really evaporate faster than his wife's black tea? And if so, why? What are those funny little yellow things on the side of buildings that kind of look like 50p-sized... Um, yellow discs with a sort of crosshair in them. The origins of dress sizing for women and Hendrix taps. Well, why and when did we always did we start putting hot on the left? Uh, where are we going first? Uh, Carrie is in Dagenham. Carrie, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Um, it's about dream and sleep. Oh yeah. Um, we always dream when we have REM sleep, what they call rapid eye movement, and during the night we have. Depending on how long we sleep, two, three, or even three periods of REM sleep. Yes. And if we wake up close to the REM sleep because the alarm goes off, then we remember it much better. But for most of us, you were right when you talked when you answered this question earlier. Most of us actually dream multiple times during the night. We just don't remember it all. So I was completely right about everything. <laughs> As as usual, I think you were about to say, weren't you? Of course. Of course. But I'm going to give you the round of applause, because as well as being completely right, I'm also really generous. So, so he was just, he was on, he was on, he was just, he was just blathering, old Sonic, about it was the only time he dreams is just before he wakes up. That's just the only bits he can remember are the dreams that have been interrupted by waking up. Absolutely. Oh, hang on, I didn't ask what your qualifications are. Um, well, I've got um, a degree in human biology and psychology, so we uh, study uh, that kind of stuff. I believe you, but you did deliver that line as if you were making it up. You went, ah, oh, well, I have got a degree <laughs> in uh, human biology and dreams. Dreams, dreams. I've got a PhD. Dream. That's what it sounded like. But I, I know, I know that you were telling the truth. 29 minutes after 12, so the round of applause stands. Steve's at East India Docks. Steve, question or answer? I've got an answer, James. Bring it on, Steve. Uh, to the little yellow signs. Yes. Um, they're there for construction, for tunnelling mainly. We, uh, the engineers go around and monitor the buildings to make sure there's no settlement in the tunnels so the buildings are not moving. And so what do you use to do that? Uh, it's a theodolite, it's called. Oh, that's um, one of my favourite words. I was so hoping it. So sometimes you see people with a slightly odd-looking piece of equipment and they're lining it up with these yellow discs, are they, to see whether or not the building has shifted on its foundations because of tunnelling underneath or subsidence or similar. Exactly that, yeah. Oh, qualification, Steve. Um, I'm in construction. Have you got a theodolite handy? <laughs> I don't use them. I, I get other people to use them. If for. you'd had a theodolite on you, I might have given you a Ray Liotta. As it stands, you still get one of these. <laughs> I always want to put it to music when I hear the word theodolite. It's like diplodocus. It's one of those words that sounds like it should be more than a word. Hocus pocus. I, no, all right, half past twelve. Simon Conway has the headlines. James O'Brien, ten till one weekdays on LBC. Done the dreams. Haven't done the tea, done the little things on the side of houses. Um, don't ring me if you're a plumber, all right? We've been absolute... In fact, you know how hard it is to find a plumber? <laughs> it's unbelievable. We've got about 500 plumbers ringing us. Every plumber in the country's ringing in at the moment to answer that question about taps. 
but John in Harlow's probably going to nail it imminently, so don't stop ringing me if you're a plumber. Get back to work, actually. These people need water. They need heating. It's going to be cold tonight. Get back to work! Plumbing. I've got a smelly drain at the moment. I'm a little bit worried about it. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe I should keep these plumbers on the line and canvas opinion on what might be causing it. But I won't, because we get an answer to that question. The origins of women's dress sizing. It 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 seems relatively arbitrary. Two what? Four what? Eight what? 28 what? 03456060973. And David's slightly odd but charming question about whether or not his green tea really does evaporate faster than his wife's black tea. No one yet, David, I have to tell you this, and I shall tell you gently, Nobody yet recognises the fundamental truth at the basis of your question. Uh, they, they would not recognise that green tea necessarily does evaporate faster than black tea, so explaining why could prove to be an impossible task. 36 minutes after 12, John is in Harlow. John, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Uh, well, it's, it's um, the taps. It's, it's um, internationally for the blind. Is it? Yeah. yeah well, of course, because um, the blind wouldn't know which is... Which is what would they so? But um, Wayne in Basildon, who's featured far too much on this program, he claims that in his bath, that the, the, all of his sinks are the, the left, right, bl- hot on the left. But in his bath, the hot's on the right. Is he just talking rubbish, or has he got a dodgy bath? Uh, no, there's just too many dodgy plumbers in this country. That's what it is, isn't it? So, and and, and when do we know when it was introduced? Because no idea. So, uh, well, I mean, Hendrik wanted plumbing regulations. So the reason why we've done it, obviously, is for people who can't see will know that it's always in the same place. And even yeah. people who can see but can't anymore see the H and the C or the red and the blue. But Hendrix was pretty... Ad- but I can't keep the phone lines open because all I'm getting is plumbers ringing me. <laughs> like bloody buses, plumbers. Seriously, you wait years for one to come along and you get 712 at the same time. I'm oh, going to give you a round of applause, John. Thank you. No, thank you. If, um, if I've got a smelly drain, what's the best thing to do? Uh, get a decent plumber. <laughs> Knew you'd say that. 12.37 is the time. Matt's in fetch. And Matt, question... Oh, heck. Question or answer? Stuart's inquiry. Oh, already on there. Uh, I knew this was going to end. It, what is it? Like, plumbers, go on, then. <laughs> well, it goes back to Victorian times when you had to pump water into the house by hand, into the sink. Yeah. And so you, most people were right-handed, so naturally the cold water hand pump went on the right-hand side of the sink. Now then, when you start heating, you need to obviously fill up your bucket and then take it over to the fire, or you put it on, uh, you know, a stove and heat it up. But then, when we started using hot water heaters, then the tap obviously went on the left hand side of the sink because you didn't want it on the right because that's where the cold one was. That'll do. Well, the, the and then it just got enshrined into regulations when regulations got introduced. Well, absolutely. I mean, blind people can tell the difference between hot and cold water. Yeah, but you don't necessarily want to do it by, by sticking your hand in the hot water, do you? It might be too hot. Oh, leave it out. When have you ever turned on the hot tap and it comes out boiling hot straight away? When someone else has just turned off the hot tap. When someone else has just turned off the hot tap in a public convenience, mate. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Please, thank you. Qualifications? 20 years of plumber and I heard it on Mystery Hour 10 years ago. You did not hear it on Mystery Hour 10 years ago, you lying person. I did. Did you? Yeah. I, I sort of knew about it as, uh, anyway. I think I've heard it somewhere else. Right, I'm going to take this. I'm going to give you a round of applause. And that is now the answer is complete. I'm not taking any more stewards' inquiries. I'm not having any more plumbers, all right? What should I do about my drains, Matt? Um, if you get a plumber, you can go and buy some of that acid, which is in the news at the moment. No, no I can buy that myself. Shall I just do that? Because it seems to be the waste pipe, but the waste pipe is boxed in from when we had the kitchen extension built. So where do I pour it? Well, you have to... 
after the trap. So where the trap U-bend is, you take the first connection off there and pour it down the pipe there. Don't pour it down the trap. I don't know what any of that means. Oh, you know the U-bend underneath the sink? Yeah, but this is upstairs. It's coming down. Yeah, it's, a, it's the pipe that go, used to be on the outside of the house, and now it's on the inside of the house. still got a U-bend under the sink. So from the bathroom sink, then? Well, why don't I just well, pour it in the bath? Will there be a U-bend under the bath? Yeah, oh. but you can't really pour it into the U-bend because it'll just sit in there and you want it to go down the pipe. Yeah, but how, I can't. I mean, how am I going to get beyond the U-bend? You, t- you, undo it from, you undo the pipe from the U-bend. It's so I have to get... But it's got, I've got to get under the bath then and everything. That's, that's why you've got to get a plumber at 280. Oh, I'm trying to save money, mate. You know how it is. Times are hard. Interest <laughs> rates have gone up. I can't be getting out plumbers just to come and pour some acid down the sink. Would you oh, do it for a round lovely. of applause? Would you do it for a round of applause? <laughs> 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 there you go. 12.40 is the time. Mark is in Salisbury. Mark, question or answer? Uh, question. Carry on. Yeah, old aeroplanes, when they give you the safety, they show you how to open the doors and everything, etc. Why do they give you a life jacket and not a parachute? Because you can't. If you're on a cruise ship. If you're on a cruise ship. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, but the answer they, is they, simple. They don't give you parachutes there for 200 um, no, but you're pressure. You're not pressurised when you're on a cruise ship, so there would be no danger from jumping out of the window. Whereas on an aeroplane, for for the massive majority of the time of the descent, you'd be dead before the before you got the parachute on. If anybody opened the door, yeah, but if the if the plane was in descent no. and the doors could open automatically at five thousand feet, yeah, you could jump straight out. Yeah, but you couldn't, could you? Because there'd be a queue, there'd be a stampede. It wouldn't necessarily be what the pilot wanted you to do, and 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 the doors are opening automatically at five thousand feet while the plane is so badly damaged that it's falling out the sky but that little bit of the technology still works then why why is the most popular thing that's stolen off airplanes not the headsets not the blanket it's the life um, jacket there is always always a danger that someone's going to ring in with a question that they find considerably more interesting and amusing than anybody else does sammy's in croydon sammy question or answer uh question james carry on sammy okay so the queen's guards yeah in buckingham palace which ones and, the ones in the busbies uh, bu- uh, Tower Bridge. At, the uh, Beef Eaters. Buckingham Palace. The Beef Eaters, yeah. or the or the yeah, or, yeah. Or, or the Horse Guards. Um, well, probably the bee, the bees ones. You you haven't really thought this through, mate. No, no so do you, you know the ones that? The oh, no, ones I don't know the ones. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I, I what? never heard them called that. What did you call them? The beekeepers. Beef Eaters. Oh, the beef eaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said beekeepers. No, the Queen's beekeepers are, are very different. They wear a very different uniform. It's black and yellow. Okay, so um, so they have them at uh, Tower Bridge as well. The beekeepers, and, uh, the ones in the red fancy robes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to know how much power do they actually have? Is it the same as police, or or do they have a legit military power? Or is it or is it the same? That's as actually a rather good question. Is me sharpening my cudgels to take the Mickey out of you? But that's actually quite a good question. So yeah, I mean, they're, exactly. they're usually retired military. I think the, the yeomen of the guard they're called officially. I think aren't they? Yeah, Why am I, I asking so. you? I, you I, don't. I, you I, don't even know what a beef eater is. Ten minutes. <laughs> I, I was at um, I was at Tower Bridge uh, the other week, and um, they they were doing that change of the guard thing they do. And one of them, like, they marched past me. I was stood in the way, and a couple of them like screamed, like really aggressive at me to get out of the way. What were you doing? Um, uh, I was just I was just in the way of where they were, where they were just, marching. You were loitering. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and were uh, they older men? I, I just want to be clear that we are talking about beef eaters and not something else. Tower Bridge, you mean the Tower of London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tower of London, sorry, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they were wearing those really old-fashioned outfits, and they were all quite old. 
men. Yeah, but they weren't. They weren't old. They didn't look like sort of war veterans. They they did look like I was only middle aged. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But not you didn't see anyone in their twenties. You never see a beef eater in his twenties. No, no, no. They're, no, they're older than that. Uh, and yeah. uh, I just thought, you know, what what if I? What, how much would I have to provoke one of them to get them to go into combat mode? Or and what, what powers would he have? Would he be allowed yeah. to go into combat mode with you? Exactly, more than yeah. a private citizen. They must have some... Well, hopefully one will be listening. Let's find a phone line for a, a beef eater who is listening. What powers... Do they have powers of arrest? Do they have powers of... I don't think they have combat mode, mate, because then they'd be characters in computer games. Well, they, they got the massive... They got the massive rifles on them with the bayonet and everything. Have they? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the one that I saw. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, I, massive rifles, yeah. I thought they were pikes, mate. I don't know. I it's don't a know. big it's stick. Fair. It's not a gun. It's a massive stick. I mean, you can still do some damage with it in combat mode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I'm I'm six foot three, and he frightened the life out of me. No, he would. That's the uniform and the pike. Especially if you thought the pike was a gun, that'd be even more frightening than it being a pike. And as for the beekeepers, it's twelve forty-four. Um, do we know how much power beefeaters have? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. If indeed Sammy was talking about beefeaters, I'm still not convinced. Mark is in Biggin Hill. Question or answer, Mark. Uh, question. Carry on. Why don't they have blackcurrant in America? What, as a drink, or a fruit, or both, or what? I didn't know this. Uh, drink fruit, uh, jam, they don't, squash. They, they, are, you, are, you, are you sure about this? Well, um, How hard have you looked? My daughter yes. um, went over there mm. to meet her boyfriend. Her yeah. boyfriend came over here and confirmed the story. They don't <laughs> have blackcurrant. <laughs> They have, like, blueberries and stuff. They just have different fruits, don't they? It's, it's... Yeah, but I'm talking about blackcurrant. Yeah, I know, but we don't have loganberries here much. Yeah, but we... Blackcurrant's one of our best fruits, isn't it? So why don't the Americans have one of our best fruits? That's, a, that's not a bad question, is it? It's going to have something to do with the history of... Fo- question. It's a great question. It's a, yeah, I, well, off the top of my head, I would say... You're not interested in anything that's come off the top of my head, are you? Do you think there might be um, a black currant lurgy? Every, every time, to question time, question answer time, and I think you give some very good answers. Oh, well, that's very I'm kind of you. I'm going to, to see s- that you're but, but, completely stumbled out. Yeah, I am. I suspect there is a black currant lurgy that swept through America in the late 17th century and explains why, even though they were taken over on the Mayflower, they have not sub- survived, and that lurgy hasn't crossed back over the Atlantic, and it's linked to something that was already in America when we got there that has never been in Europe. But, I mean, frankly, that's a ridiculous speculation. We'll have to wait and see if somebody listening has a proper answer. Um... Thank you, Mark. I like that. And I never knew it either. There is an interesting statistic about Ribena buying something like 90% of all the black currants in the universe, but I've forgotten that as well, so frankly, I don't know why I've mentioned it. James O'Brien, 10 till 1 weekdays on LBC. Why aren't there any black currants in America? Why does green tea evaporate faster than black tea? I can't believe it. It's only because I like David so much. I'm keeping it on the board. It's a rough. But the dress size. Have we not got anyone on the dress sizes? Where, where was the origin of women's dress sizes? Come on, folks. Um, done the taps. And is there anything? Oh, and the beef eaters, all the Queen's guards. There's a lot of confusion surrounding that question. Uh, uh, frankly, a lot of it was caused by me. Andy's in Slough. Andy, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. It's about the various Queen's. Guard. So you mentioned three things. There's the guardsmen who wear red and the bearskins that aren't called busbies. The artillery wear busbies. They wear bearskins. And you mentioned the yeoman warders and the yeoman of the guard. The yeoman warders look after the Tower of London and they're locked up at night. Yeah. And the yeoman of the guard are the royal personal bodyguard. And you see them with big pikes marching behind at royal ceremonies. What do you think he was talking about? 
he was speaking about guardsmen because he said holding rifles are the only ones who bear arms and that there's five regiments of foot guards there's the glorious Coldstream Guards, yes. the single greatest guards regiment. Of course. You've got the Grenadier Guards, the Scots Guards, the Irish Guards, and the Welsh Guards. Um, I was a Coldstream Guardsman, and I thought, you know, I had a feeling you might. I had a feeling you might yeah. have been. <laughs> <laughs> I have suspicion. <laughs> I did yes. And then, and then um, within each palace, so St James's Palace, Buckingham Palace, and the Tower of London, oh. the, um, there's a guard upstairs, and they're all there in combat with weapons and ammunition and whatnot, and should the palace be threatened for whatever reason, or a royal be threatened for whatever reason, they're a reaction force, a QRF, a quick reaction force. Is that right? So whilst, yeah, so whilst mounting the guard and the stuff that people look at, um, they're, they're, there is a military presence as well, yeah. There so is the, a purpose. The, the London, the London, do you remember the London 7-7? Yes, of the, course. The, the guard was stepped up. Um, to sort of in case anyone was actually targeting yeah. royal palaces, so there's a big purpose yeah. behind the pageantry. Then it's a good question. Yeah, because I remember I was on I was on guard at the Tower of London, and somebody's kid went, "Is he a real soldier?" And this bloke went, uh, "No, um, he's just there for show, just there for you to take pictures of." And I came to attention, and I swiftly corrected. Him. <laughs> the story would have been better if you said, "So I shot him." <laughs> 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 no, I know, I know, obviously, I don't try this at home, kids. I love that. So, I mean, in terms of what you can do with, if I'm not actually, so what powers do you have if I'm just being a bit of an, uh, uh, if I'm just being an arse down at the Tower well, of London? quite a lot. So overnight, uh, especially at the Tower of London, you patrol it. Yeah. Um, and you mount patrols all night. And you do get um, drunkards. Yes. Trying to get in and out and whatnot. And yeah, you've got to pick them up and get them out. So you can, uh, you can, but, but I mean, and if I, and, and what can you do if I come up to you while you're on duty and just say really rude stuff about your mum? Well, well, so like the geezer was saying, he said about, uh, they marched through him and they shouted him, we yeah. say, make way for the Queen's Garden, if they don't get out your way, then you just march through them, you, you don't stop for anyone. Fantastic. So if you're, if you're getting in the way, yeah. then it's your own fault. Many a time you, you see how many cameras you can bag for people who don't get out the way. You just knock him over, because otherwise you'd be, you'd yeah, be yeah. spinning around on a, all the time. Yeah. Sounds like my mum in her Nissan Micra. You just carry yeah. on regardless of what, what it is that you yeah. might encounter. Yeah. That's a lovely question. Like and you were a Queen's guy. Is this a Rayleigh? I'm just going to consult with my... Yeah, come on. I'm Ray Liotta, and you're listening to James <laughs> O'Brien on LBC. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Great work, Andy. I, th I think that counts. I really do. He's, he's done the job. He's been the man about whom the question was asked, so he's probably qualified to provide the answer. He's not a proper soldier, son, so I shot him. Uh, Ed's in Plymouth. Ed, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, mate. Uh, so it's about the black currents. Um, there were black currents in North America in the 19th century, but you were actually right about the lurgy. Oh, get in. There was a fungus that damaged um, certain trees that we used in the timber industry. And so they, I think there was a law that basically meant they stopped producing them. Uh, oh, so so because it damaged the timber, it was the, yeah, they got rid of everything that might carry the fungus. Yeah, I can't remember the actual tree off the top of my head, but yeah, they uh, they were damaged, and so it would have destroyed a lot of their manufacturing industry. I like that a lot. Qualifications? I have a history degree. And this came up in your history degree. Um, in a manner of speaking, just reading through stuff. Oh, I like it a lot. And my friend Andreas, who is actually a greengrocer, has, has been in touch to say black currants are actually banned in America. Do you know if that's true or not? Um, uh, it sounds right, because as I said, there was a, I'm pretty sure there was a law enacted that said they weren't allowed to be produced anymore. Oh, that's fascinating. A round of applause for you, but you have to give a bit of it to Andreas, all right? Thank you. That's right. 
He'll be out on deliveries or in the shop. He'd be too busy to ring in. 12.55 is the time. Oh, three, four, five. What, 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 what we got? Do we, are we going to run out of time early? How many more have we got? Have we answered everything? We haven't got dress sizes. How can nobody know? You've been wearing these dresses all your life. And the, and the tea question, you can ring in and explain why it was rubbish. Duncan's in Richmond. Question or answer, Duncan? Oh, hi, James. It's a, it's a question. Go on. It's quite late in the day. Yeah. Um, you never know, mate. Does the, <laughs> does the movement of liquid against other liquid create friction and therefore heat? Well, so my, my. was falling. Is it, does it create heat at the bottom? Wouldn't it be conducted out by the water? Well, there'd still be heat to conduct. So you mean a liquid against a, a solid? No, a liquid against a liquid. That's just something naturally churning up the liquid, i.e. a waterfall. Water's falling from a waterfall. When it hits the water at the bottom, does, it, does the molecules in the liquid rubbing against each other create heat? I, 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 I mean, obviously, I've got no idea at all, but I quite like that question. It seems unlikely, doesn't it? Otherwise, you know, you'd have... Yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 I, was, I was watching a waterfall, and at one end of the river... A romantic. The, was, the, ice, the ice was melting. Yes. And, uh, and at the other end, it wasn't. And I thought... Maybe there's some sort of thing... Where were you? Sounds like an exotic trip. In, no, I was, I was in Tizic House Park, not, not far from you. Oh, really? Oh, that little waterfall, yeah. the little one by the... That little waterfall yeah. at the end, yeah. And the, and the other end of the canal was all frozen solid. It's the first Palladian building to be built in Britain, Chiswick House, you know. D- the Duke of Devonshire built it not to live in, he built it to keep his art collection in. Oh. I think Pitt the Younger died there, they did live there later. <coughs> you get all this for nothing, you know, Duncan, this is all free. <laughs> <laughs> See what I can get, but <laughs> somewhat quickly, we need Professor Hal. One presumes the answer is no, but you need to be a proper scientist to answer it. David is in Oxford. David, question or answer? Answer, James, how you doing? All good, David, what have you got? Right, so uh, I've got a lot of time on my hands at the moment. I should be applying for jobs, but I've run an experiment on the tea debate. <laughs> right. um, so basically, I've used uh, two identical mugs, mm. and uh, I've put a uh, black tea, a green tea in each one. Yes. I've drawn a little line on the mugs. Yes. And I've obviously filled the water up to the, to the line. And I've, uh, I've set a timer for five minutes, and I've observed it. Yes. And uh, to the human eye, James, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever. Because it's the water that evaporates anyway, not the tea, isn't it? So if they're the same temperature, it's, it, there's not going to be any difference at all. Well, that was my thinking, James. That's what I wrote in the hypothesis. No, I, I'm glad. I, I, I think everyone should demonstrate this level of, of painstaking attention to detail when answering a mystery hour question. Have you, ah, has, has your experiment been peer-reviewed? It hasn't as of yet, but I'm mm. obviously you'd, you'd be assisting in that. Yeah, but so, I, can't, uh, I can't see it. I, I, however, I am persuaded by your... What are your qualifications, apart from having conducted the experiment? Do you have any scientific background? Uh, just a GCSE. I got an A in science GCSE. We didn't have to do this particular experiment in the, uh, in the exam. There we go. Round of yeah. applause for David. No, great work, mate. And, and proper levels of commitment to the mystery our cause. We've got ten seconds quickly. Joe's in Doncaster. Joe, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Joe. Uh, it's about the liquid moving, making heat. Uh, yeah? It does. Sharp. Uh, yeah, well, any anything moving. Really? Another object, yeah. Qualifications? It's the, reason, it's the reason why rivers steam when it's cold and they freeze over. Slower yeah, sounds good to me. Qualifications? Uh, I'm a keen fisherman. That'll do. Round of applause for Joe. I can't do Will, because uh, Sheila's off today. Andrew Castle's waiting. He's not as patient as she is, and he, he, he won't allow me to carry on with this. That's it from me for another week. We'll do it again Monday morning from 10. If you enjoyed this podcast, hear James O'Brien live every weekday morning from 10, only on LBC.